Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, our special guest is Ellen Foley. That's her with Meatloaf, Paradise on the Dashboard Light. You like that song, Cruiser Mail? Hello? Hello? Cruiser Mail. Am I there? There you are. How you doing? I'm sorry. Had myself muted. (laughs) All right. All right, everybody, we're going to start early tonight. We'll do announcements later on because Ellen has a previous engagement, so she'll be on with us for a little while, thank goodness, because we are so excited to have her. And If you've seen her resume, you know she's a busy person. She's done about everything there is to do in the business of, what would you say, Hollywood entertainment, I guess? Entertainment. entertainment. There you go. Show business. Uh, Show business. Show biz. Nothing like show biz. How are you, Doug? I'm doing all right. I got my co-host, Cruiser Mail, along with me. She'd like to say hello. Hey, Hi, Ellen. how are you? I'm good. Greetings from uh, Texas. Oh, th- oh, that's where you guys are. Okay. Well, I was I'm never in quite Alabama. Sure. She's in Texas. Where are you? I'm in New York City. New York. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So maybe yep. What... So we're in different different parts of of the of the universe here. Always, always. Yeah. All right. Well, good deal. So we were wanting to find out a little bit about what's going on with you now, and talk a little bit about the. Meatloaf, Todd Rundgren days, and okay, have a good time. So let's start with what you're doing now. I'd love to know. I know you got that new band. I've seen some of your clips on YouTube. Right. Uh, um, they got a funny I, name. Yeah, it's called Ellen Foley and the Dirty Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not dirty old men. They're not dirty or old. They're really quite cute. Yeah. And yeah, they're all cute. But uh, no, they're we just uh, we just did a um, a three song demo. Uh, couple of weeks ago in the studio with a guy named Eric Roscoe Amble. He 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 played with Joan Jett and on he's on uh, I Love Rock and Roll and he's done a lot of stuff. Because anyway, he's a good producer. Did three tracks. Uh, the, uh, my partner, named um, guy named Paul Faglino, wrote uh, wrote the songs and uh, we co-wrote one and. Um, it's great. It's really good. It's it, it it sounds really full. It sounds really record-like. It's you know um, I feel that uh, it reflects the way I, I used to sound. You know, like uh, okay. when I first yeah. recorded, and so I love the sound of it. Would you classify it as blues, maybe? No, it's uh it's 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 rock and roll. It's definitely rock and roll. One one um one is a ballad which i think could almost cross over to country but it's uh but it's kind of an r&b ballad um and then there's there's this full out rock and roll song and and another song that's almost uh 
even though it fits in, it all fits together, but it's, it's almost got a uh, kind of jazzy kind of quality to it. It's called Madness, so it's a little yeah. Right, you have that a live version on YouTube, so if anybody wants to see it, just go to Ellen Foley Madness. Now, the country song, which song is that you're talking about? Um, it's um, Or more country. It's, it's called um, uh, Any Fool Could See. Okay. Any Fool Can See is a, is a ballad that we did, and then the uh, the rock and roll song is um, uh, Nobody Ever Died From Crying, it's called. And uh, we should definitely have it up on YouTube within the next week or so. Uh, um, we're still, you know, messing around with the mixes of it, and uh, I'm finally going to have a, a, web, a web page very soon. Um, a website and uh, you know com. but right now anything that uh, can be found would be on YouTube or MySpace your MySpace has a couple of songs on it are right. those what, what about those songs you have Night Out and What's the Matter Baby is that right or no those are your those aren't the ones on your on your MySpace is it well they um, no no those were those are the um, songs from my first album the album yeah. I recorded uh um, a few years back with um, uh, Ian Hunter from Out the Hoople and um, Mick Ronson, who was played with David Bowie and the Spiders from Mars, and they produced it. And What's, and What's the Matter, Baby, and uh, is a cover, is an mm-hmm. R&B cover. And We've Long Tonight is a song that I co-wrote that um, very big sort of wall of sound uh, ballad. Right, you can find that on YouTube as well. You got a lot of stuff on YouTube. Do you ever go back and watch? Some I of do. You know, I didn't realize that there was more than one page. So just last week, I went and <laughs> I just go. Well, you know what? I mean, you know, uh, apropos of what your show is about, I went and I saw. Did you see the one I'm on with Todd? Hello. Yes. Was it the Utopia video? Yeah, it's it. It said that great. It's a great pop song, and it's um, and it's uh, sort of like futuristic, and you know, you got to look at it. I forget the name of it now, of course. That now the, that I'm, that was the Crybaby video, I think. Crybaby, that's it. Yeah. And I mean, I hadn't seen that for years, and it's 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 a good, it's a crazy video, but it's a fantastic song. It was a great pop song. I just, you know, nobody could write a pop song like Todd, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's right. He's into the rock and roll now, though, just like you are. So I don't know if you Wait. got to hear. Have you heard his new album, Arena? No, uh-uh. It's good stuff. A lot different than the pop stuff in Crybaby, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's having fun with that. So yeah, right. there was another one. The I like the blue. I guess those are satin pants in the um, Stupid Girl video. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, they were spandex. <laughs> yeah. I got to admit it, they were spandex pants. Well, you were ahead of your time then, because that, that video's dated. Spandex wasn't in yet. Oh yes, it was. No, it definitely was. Yeah. Right, cool. yes, yes. What's that? What's that song? Uh, what was the basis of that song, "Stupid Girl"? Um. Well, that's the Rolling Stones song, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just a friend of mine, my best friend, who's still my best friend, she said, "Why don't you do that song?" I said, "Okay." <laughs> and everybody <laughs> thought it was a good idea. I mean, it's it's you know, look at that stupid girl, you know, and talks about the vanity and. And 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 uh, how she, you know she looks herself in the mirror and and how she's a a gossip and a bitch you know but uh, so it was sort of fun singing it as a woman because you, you sort of it's sort of like self mockery is mm-hmm. what uh, 
how I convince myself that it worked. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a Stones song because I'm a, I'm a huge Stones fan for it. Love the Stones, huh? Oh, love the Stones. Yeah, one so of these, so actually, one of the. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, this this song, nobody ever died from crying. That's on. That's going to be on the the. Uh, uh, the MySpace soon. Um, it's very Stonesy, you know. I I I asked that the guitar player really gave, gave me those Keith uh, Keith kind of uh, chords in there, yeah. you know, licks, and yeah, he really did. So I love that. I love that Keith about it. Moon with his eighteen-year-old Russian girlfriend. All right. So do you? Oh, uh, I know. My God, Ron Wood, right? Good. Do you pl- do you play? I'm here. Do you play? The uh, stupid girl when you're playing live. I noticed. I, I, I've seen your your videos. The two recent ones are, are your live. Yeah, you know we did. We did for a while, and then we uh, now we don't anymore. No. It just didn't feel that great now doing it. So and and we uh, we replaced it, you know, with with uh, with other stuff, or just you know took it out for now, you know. And I also did uh, my part from Paradise as in as an encore. Mm-hmm. Which we're not doing anymore either. You know, some stuff just feels irrelevant after a after a point. You know, and so I mean, we got some great encore stuff. I do uh, this Wilson Pickett song called "I Found a Love," mm-hmm. and it's and it's I mean it's it's classic. You know, and then we do "Should I Stay or Should I Go," because I sing it because Mick Jones wrote it. About. I definitely want to talk about that. I saw the YouTube on that. Well, so are you touring now? Do you have some upcoming dates? You know, I don't right now because we just concentrated on doing this recording, and I just kind of want to get it out there and and, uh, and 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 work on that. I mean, you know, and and also uh, maybe want to have some new stuff written before we go out and and perform again. You know, so, so um, I, I you know, I'm probably going <laughs> to do. I, mean, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, I, okay. You told me to talk. I just yeah, keep talking. Keep on going. I'm good. I'm just trying to figure out how to get this thing. When when it comes out, how are we going to know about it? Will that be on your website that you get up and running, or how would people um, buy the CD? What the the uh, the the new the new um, demos? The new stuff, yeah. Yeah. Well, then they should be within this week on my MySpace wow. page. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Go go on. You know, I I gotta hock my uh, my the guy the songwriter. He's supposed to get him up on MySpace. So once we decide, um, you know, if 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 they're in the shape we want them to be, which I think they are. I think they sound great. So very soon, very soon. Go and keep checking. Keep checking. All right. For them. So you'll be able to download them from MySpace, I take it? Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. No, not yet. Not yet. I don't have anything up for downloading yet. Um, Got to get that up there. I know. See, I'm a terrible <laughs> business. I'm a terrible businesswoman. I got to tell you. You know, it's like, I, but but what this guy, this producer. Just you know, clued me in uh, on was that there are these these guys that you give a you know you hire to shepherd your music onto all these different uh, um, sites where people can download and pay for your music. So you know that's what we're going to do. I'm going to get get with this guy. They actually call them shepherds. They, uh. they, you know they help you find out where you put your music. So that's what we're going to do too. You know, so 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 it'll end up in a you know, on on a uh, few different sites where where people can download it. Right. So once the music gets out, y'all probably go out and perform live. Is that usually done 
in the in the New York area, or do you get out all over the place? Yeah, no, yeah, pretty much. We've always we always done most of our performing in the New York uh, area. I'm, I'm supposed to go over actually to Belgium in the spring, mm-hmm. and um, because uh, I did a project there last year, and they want me to come back and do do a little tour. And I don't know if I'll take the whole band. Maybe my guitar player named guy named Slim Simon. Swin. Slim. S O I N. Slim. As slim as in slender. <laughs> slim Simon, and he could. Slim. Be, yeah, you'll hear on on this because he could go over and be sort of musical director, and he's uh, he's such a great player, which you will hear. All right, looking forward to hearing that, and maybe. Alrighty. We'll find out about some of the shows later on. Uh-huh. And I'll check those out. So, do you, do you go to your MySpace a lot? <clears throat> um, I go uh, to, uh, you know, to accept friends and and read comments and, um, you know, messages and stuff like that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So, if anybody yeah. wants to call in tonight, it's six four six seven one six nine two six two. You're listening to Rugged Radio, and this is Ellen Foley, and we are talking about her current situation, and we're going to delve into the past as well. So, why don't we just go ahead and do some of that? Because I want to. Of course, we've got to talk about a little bit of Meatloaf, because Todd produced that album. It's one of the top albums. Some people say it's the number one selling album. Some people say it's in the top five number one selling album. But all we do know for sure is it was a very successful album. Of course, talking about Bad Out of Hell. And I heard a story, and I was hoping you could clarify for me. I don't know if you were involved in this part or not, but apparently he would go out with somebody and go to producers and actually perform that song. Oh, yeah. Uh, Is that true? Yeah, Ellen. we did. Sorry? That was Ellen. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we um we would actually it was for record uh record executives for the most part and uh we would just have them come into a small rehearsal room and it would be Steinman at this great big baby grand and uh myself, um Rory Dodd, you know, who did a lot of backgrounds on the record, who's got a beautiful Irish tenor, a guy, and Meatloaf. And we would perform these songs. Hmm. And uh, and most of the reaction was, was terror. You know? <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, all these suits, you know, running, screaming down the street saying, what the hell was that? You know, I just heard like these Wagnerian operatic. Uh, and then, then uh, Steve Popovich, who was... Uh, just got his own label. He was uh, a guy with Cleveland International Records. Saw it, loved it, and uh, but but the fun uh, part was um, Todd came once to see us in one of these little rehearsal halls, and he came. He brought a video camera, and he was cracking up. I mean, he just thought this was the. the he obviously loved it. He thought it was the wildest thing, you know. So, so that was fun. But but doing it for some of the record record executives was 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 torture you know because they they didn't get it so you think that day that todd had the video camera do you think that was when he decided i think i will produce this oh yeah definitely he just uh he you know he he said oh yeah i want to do this you know uh, yes right i've seen i've seen him interviewed on uh various shows including the vh1 show uh, classic albums right yeah, and he said that was that the humor was what really, really got him going on on wanting to do the the record. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he and he and Steinman in the studio it was like they had such they 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 could riff with each other so much because they're both they they have a very similar 
sense of humor, and they're both really, really smart guys, you know. So, I mean, you know, everybody would just stand around and sit around and, and listen to them uh, listen to them talk because um, and, la- and make jokes and, and crack each other up, you know. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, he was he was smart enough to hear hear the humor in it yeah. right away, yeah. Well, I have to ask you, I know um, Carla DeVito, who uh, replaced you when they toured with that album, Mm-hmm. She, of course, was taken aback by having to make out with Meatloaf. Did you make out with Meatloaf in, in all those tryouts? Um, I don't know. Did we? I can't remember. <laughs> 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 Must not have been very Oh, yeah, different. we did. We did. Because um, there was a thing in the in the Daily News a couple last year that said there there was a there was a book that came out and and it was a. Uh, there was a quote in there about how Lenny Warnaker, who was big shot at uh, Warner Brothers Records, um, uh, he came and he was so grossed out <laughs> by uh, Meatloaf making out with Ellen Foley that you know, he, and they said then he was he was sorry afterwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I guess I did. That's right. Then yes, I guess I did. Oh my goodness, we get a lot of this information, of course, from that VH1 special. Do you think they did a good job? On what the VH1 special? The VH1 special about the album. Um, there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the English one. It was several years ago. That one. Mm-hmm. The classic albums. Yeah, I do think they did a good job. Yeah. Good. They were not. They came to my house and interviewed me, and they were. Uh, they were smart. They did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, Very you nice. were really you were really funny in there because they were talking to uh, Carla and and. Um, she she was saying, well, no, I didn't sing on the record, but I did, you know, the video. And she she said that it was probably the most asked question of you as well. Is that true? You're asked that all the time? Yeah, well, you know, for for a while there, they didn't know, um, you know, nobody knew who was who. And, and for a long time, you know, it was kind of a drag because people thought that was her singing. But, uh after after a point, you know, when when people got to know who was who, you know, people really, you know, know know who. No, I did it now. I sang on the record. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so it took a while, but but you know, anybody who cares enough pretty much knows now. I think. Well, you know, you know, Meatloaf still still is out there touring and still is performing that song. Uh, have you seen Meatloaf lately, live? No, 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 I haven't, you know, but uh, he, he's looking good. Meat, meat's looking good. And there was a whole, what was it? A, he made a whole movie about about the the fact that, that one of the girls, the girl he was doing Paradise with was like 16 years old or something. Well, she looked 16, yeah. <laughs> she looked it. You know what I'm talking about? Did you this movie they made, a documentary? And, yeah. and because... Uh, she looked so young, you know, people were up in arms. She had a cheerleading costume on. And here's Meatloaf, who's like 60 or whatever, you know, making out with her. So the whole movie is about how he had to go get another another background singer. So I just thought you guys might have known about this uh, epic yeah. production. That, that Well, so um, I, know, I read that uh, one of the reasons you didn't tour with them early on was because you weren't in the video. What the, Is there a story No, no, that? no. I would have been in the video if I had toured with them. But I, I had other stuff going on, you know. It's like when that when that album came out, I was I was on Broadway. I was doing Hair, playing the lead in the revival of Hair on Broadway. I was doing the film of Hair. 
I was, um, you know, I was on a TV show, me and my, uh, I mean, me and my girl, um, Three Girls Three, I, I was offered my own record deal, you know, pretty much straight off the Meatloaf record, so I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to go on tour, so, um, I mean, people might tell different different versions of that story, but that's what happened. I'm sure there's several <laughs> versions. That's why we like to talk to the source to get the truth. Well, but now I you're getting it. I'm giving it to you. Yeah, yeah, you know, I didn't want to, I, you know, and who knew what the meat, I mean, that was right when it came out. Who knew it was going to be such a big hoo-ha, you know? I mean, uh, we had such a hard time getting it made that, that we did, couldn't foresee that it was going to be this gigantic hit, you know? Right. I mean, I believed in it. I mean, I, I trooped around with them for, you know, a couple of years. Totally believed in it and knew it was brilliant stuff, you know. But it took, uh, like you said, it took the business people certainly long enough to, to uh, get hip to it. I don't think anybody expected that. Maybe I expected uh-huh. it to be okay, but not that big. But anyway, we have a caller already. This is uh, Bill Bricker, I believe, and he is the one who, who set this up for us. We appreciate Bill. Bill, is that you? It is me. What's Hi, Bill. Hello, Ellen. How are you, Bill? I'm I'm doing great. It's so great to hear you. I'm so glad that that you responded to my shot in the dark. Oh yeah, and no no no. I'm on radio. I Sometimes love it. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. It's 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 struck. You know, I've already told Doug. I think you're the the biggest highest profile guest on the show already. So <laughs> after a year, maybe not. Get out of here. Time. That's very nice. <laughs> Yeah, well, what um, about Todd? Does Todd ever come and talk to you guys? Or I was going to say Todd. Todd, maybe. Well, I think you're more famous than Todd, personally. Um, <laughs> no. You know, yeah, um, t- yeah I would say so. I would I would bet so, because when I talk to people about um, Todd, it's like the one big thing they get is either bang the drum or meatloaf. So oh, really? That's, oh, well, that's... that's the thing. When I go, they know meatloaf, then they go, well, that's the producer, and then they get it, you know, and they go for it. So. Well, then, yeah. But, yeah, because he, uh, so it... he had some of my favorite um, hits, you know. I mean, Hello, It's Me, and, you know, I mean. Just... So you were, he was known to you pretty well when he came into the. Oh, God, yeah. Being, yes, you knew that. Oh, my God, I was, I was, curious. I was a huge fan. Um, they've been doing a really good job asking you questions that kind of taken care of most of the ones that were on my mind. But the one name that I was curious about, because what I've heard is in these different stories that are told, is what role, if any, that uh, Moogie Klingman played. Because uh, he tells a story that he's the one that brought um, Meatloaf to the attention of Todd, that brought him in. So I wondered if you had um, any comment on that. Maybe he did. I don't remember. I knew Moogie from from New York, from like the sort of cabaretish kind of scene, you know. And he's still out there performing. Maybe, maybe you know. I think people probably knew him, Steinman or something. Was it was it with your connection through like Bette Midler and all that? Because I know that he was working with her. Did you? No, 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 no. Uh, like I said, maybe Steinman knew him or something. Yeah. Okay. Because I, right, well, I, that verifies that fact. That's good to know. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really know that story. Tell you the well, truth. he said that he brought Todd in, and that at some point he had this idea that he was going to be involved in the whole thing, and it turned out he wasn't. So, okay. Um, yeah. Did I don't he? Know. I guess you don't know anything besides you didn't see him around in the the in the production of the album, or. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't involved. Okay. And, no, was he? I don't think so. 
well, there's, it's not included anywhere, but that's the that's the, one of those pieces that you get when you scrutinize things to the no. level no. that no. I do, <laughs> which is probably yeah. beyond obsessive. But okay, um, no, he uh, he wasn't involved. No. Okay. No. All right. Well, I I really I'm going to let the rest of the guys take over the questions, but I wanted to call in and just say hello. Okay. Well, thank Bill, you. thank you very much. This is I'm thank having you. a great time talking. Unfortunately, I got to get off at like nine o'clock, so so we should squeeze right. as much as we can in the next. Well, uh, I'll let some other people get in here and I'll okay. just go back to work mode. All right. See you, Bill. All right. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. All right. So we're brushing up on time, and and this is. I'm going to be selfish here because I've got to talk about this because I'm an 80s guy and I absolutely love this. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then you'll know what I want to talk about when we come back. This will be about 30 seconds. That's all. Okay. One day is fine and next is black. So if you want me off your back, well, come on and let me know. Should I stay or should I go? All right, that of course is The Clash, Mick Jones singing that song from Combat Rock, which really put The Clash on the map in the United States probably, because they had a few hits off of that one, a couple of good videos. Uh, everybody knows now that knows a little bit about you that that song was written um, by Mick Jones, uh, and it's supposed to be about you, but that's as much as we know. So I'm dying to hear a little bit more detail, if you don't mind sharing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you want to know. I, well, <laughs> I mean, I just, uh, you know, was told, and 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 maybe even sort of assumed when I heard it that it was about me because it was written after after we uh, we had a, he was my boy he was my boyfriend um, for a couple of years and. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it was, um, as somebody, some Wikipedia or something said, it was written about a tumultuous relationship. Turbulent. That's what Turbulent. I was oh, thank you. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I can't say I got along particularly well. That's, that's why I've been married to somebody else for 18 years, <laughs> not him. You know. <laughs> so, what, turbulent, true or false? Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh yeah. It was like you know two um, two big ego artists you know getting together and and uh, I you know I I wasn't I wasn't that crazy about being a uh, you know rock star's girlfriend when I was in the middle of having my own career you know and and uh, that's how it felt a lot of the time so you know blah 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 that was conflict and. Uh, Whatever happened to the day-to-day things, you know, I didn't, uh-huh. he didn't want to live in New York, I didn't really want to live in London, and so we were both, you know, here and there, and, and I don't think anybody, you know. Anyway, so it was, it's fine, you know, it's all yeah. it's all the way stuff should end up, you know. Right. Well, now, did y'all break up a lot? Is that, you know, you go back and forth, is that why, should I stay not, or should not, I go? Or? Well, you know, there were a lot of times when, when we were in, in um, different countries and, and, times you know times when we wouldn't speak or when when uh one of us thought it was over and the other one thought it wasn't so we just continued and uh um but uh then finally it just said like you know no more of this you know <laughs> now were they real popular before that album came out when you were dating him well were yeah they super well, popular in the united states yeah well because when i when i 
first met him, uh, London Calling had just come out. Yeah. And that yeah. that was the great to me the best record. I think yes. that, that was great. And yeah. I just met him, and they won. He and Joe Strummer were on the cover of uh, the Rolling of Rolling Stone, and yeah, they were definitely a big big deal before Combat Rock. I think starting with, well, I mean, other than you know that they were they were huge, you know, uh, a, a punk band. But I think um, people in more mainstream got to know them through London Calling. I think. Yeah, great, great CD album, whatever you want to call oh, it back yeah. then. All right, we've got a call. I know you got to run in a couple minutes, so we're going to take that right quick. And then okay. We'll, we may have one other one, if you don't mind, and we'll let you slide out for your previous engagement. All right, caller, you're right. with us. Not sure who this is, but you are on the air. Hi, is this Rundgren Radio? Yes. Hi, Rundgren Radio. This is Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. How are you? Fine. Hi, Alan. How are you? Fine, Sherry. How you doing? Great, great. I'm an ex-New Yorker, so it's good to hear your New York accent. Sounds like home. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, live, I live in Southern California now, though. Oh, oh, good for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted to call and ask you a question. I know you have to go soon, but I am a huge night. I was a huge night court fan. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what all happened with you leaving. Why did they bring that Marky Poston? I really liked you. <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, but they liked her. You know what can I say? She was yeah. She was more to their liking. Maybe more uh, a little less quirky or something. I don't know. More straight laced. Uh. Oh, you you were awesome though in the dynamic with Salma Diamond, and oh, at that time was perfect. Thank and you, thank you. Harry was so quirky. Also, I don't know why they would do something stupid like that. Oh, thanks. I'm glad. To, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to know that that there are people like you out there. Oh, I think there's lots of people like me. Okay. But were were you like wanting to leave at that point at all? Also, maybe. Um, you know, it it was once again the the whole thing. You know, I had to be in L.A. I think I've always been somebody who kind of more a theater know, person had, had to know, but had to be happy in their personal life. You know, to to you know to to be able to produce. And you know, I was I was in 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 L.A. when I wanted to be in New York. You know, I mean, here again, uh-huh. it's kind of the same story. Um, uh-huh. but you know, and then I went back, and I, you know, I, I mean, I came back here, and you know, did a did a lot of theater and, and film work and stuff like that. So uh-huh. it, all, it all worked out, you know. I guess so. It would have been nice to see you there longer. Maybe it still would have been on, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes. And Marky, Marky, who? Whatever happened to her, huh? Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> yeah, she turns up on like Lifetime movies and stuff like that. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it was very, very good to talk to you, and, and I'm a big fan of your meatloaf year also. Yeah, well, thank <laughs> you, you very much. That Out of Hell, I love that album, and um, it's great that you're on the show, and I really appreciate talking to you. Oh, thanks a lot. Take care, Sherry. Okay, you too. Bye, Doug. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. See you, OC. All right, Ellen, looks like your time is up, but I do want to ask you, if you don't mind, I'm going to contact you sometime next year. We're going to have Ian Hunter on the show. I would love for you to call in and say hello to him. Oh, Absolutely. Excellent. All right. So you got any other? You got a Todd story for us, right quick, before you head out? Oh, got a Todd story. Todd story. Um, Did he ever make meatloaf mad or any good stuff like that? Um, I, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he made me meatloaf mad. But you know, I just remember him him coming in and telling us, you know, it was in the very beginning of of the uh, recording, and uh, Rory Dodd and I were in there. We we're doing backups, and you know, Todd comes in. If you can't do it, I'll do it myself, you know, which he basically did. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I've never been on a record before, which we, I hadn't. I've never sung on a record before, Mr. Rungren, sir. I'm sorry. I know I'll try to be better, you know. 
the All first right. time you ever on a record, and here's Tom Rundgren coming in and yelling at you. And, oh, okay, thank you. I'll be better. Yeah, I would love to see all that stuff. I bet but that he's was the fun. greatest. Well, we love Todd. Well, good, good. I, I forgot to tell you, too, before you go, that Chasm Sultan, he was on last week, and he wanted to make sure I told you hello. Oh, my love to him. Everybody loves Chasm around here. Oh, he's yeah, Chasm. right? Have you noticed yeah. that? Yeah. He's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> right, Cruiser Mel? Right. right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. Well, Ellen, thanks a lot for being on. We really appreciate it. Okay, you guys. We'll do have to have you on again sometime. We want to talk longer to you, so do come back. Oh, we'd lo- Okay, we'll do. Very okay. good. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thank have you. a good night. You too. All right, good stuff. All right, that's Ellen Foley. You're listening to RunRadio.com. Unfortunately, we had a short night with Ellen, but she is busy, busy, busy. We didn't even get into Cruiser Mail. Some, he's been... Uh, She's been on Ian Hunter's stuff. She's been with uh, Joe Jackson. There's all kind of other connections in the Todd world that she has. So uh, we'll have to get her back on. She was she was nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I want I want to pick her brain a little bit more about some of the stage work that she's done. But I know that's not really Todd stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like what? The Broadway stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Why do you want to get into that? What do you like about it? Because I'm interested in that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, she I has done so much. I mean, she's all over the board. I think the only thing she hasn't done is, you know, been a tightrope walker, but maybe she has. <laughs> she may have, yeah. She was in Me and My Girl and Beehive and uh, the Revival of Hair and all kind of stuff, Into the Woods. Did she say she was in the movie of Hair? I don't I think, think so. Did. No, I'm pretty sure she did. I'll have to did look at Did she? She may have been. Yeah. She was replaced. Um, she was the original witch in the uh, Into the Woods in San Diego, but was replaced by one of my favorite ladies, Bernadette Peters. Oh, well. How about that? Yeah. I Bernadette Peters, a redhead like yourself, cruising real based on what I can tell on this, <laughs> yeah. this uh, webcam. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, oh, I messed up my do. All right, so what we decided to do, because we knew Ellen wasn't going to be on long, was save our announcements and stuff for later, and also we wanted to play some of her music. We didn't want to do it with her own there because, you know, that would take away time of talking to her, and O.C. Sherry and Bill might not have got to call in, and we wouldn't have got to ask Dustin's question, et cetera. And I was dying to know about the Clash. I absolutely loved them. saw them when I was in, in high school, actually, and it was one of the wildest audiences, probably the wildest audiences I've ever seen for a show, and this is when all of them were still around. All right, so we're going to play, let's see, Cruiser Mel, let's play Night Out. This is from her Night Out CD. This will only be a few seconds, so see if you like it. Okay. How about that? You could tell that voice was the one with meatloaf, right? Yeah, she's got a really big voice. <laughs> Just a little bit. This is one, another one from that same album, but it's also on her greatest hits. This is What's the Matter, Baby? The club hot and sweaty. 
Okay, maybe not. <laughs> That's the same song, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well. You win okay. some, you lose some. What are yeah. you going to do? Yeah. But we do have, thanks to Cruiser Mail, this little, well, I don't want to play the whole one. We got a little clip from uh, Paradise, Paradise, which we played earlier, but let's play it again. I like it. How about it? This is Ellen Foley, who was our guest earlier. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. Something happened just the other night. I had a vision in the middle of a day and dream. In a place I'd never been before, I couldn't tell if I was still awake on. 
right, that was Dustin29, another life. You can vote for him or you can vote for this one. This is Veggie Girl's Choice. This is Courage from Arena. Here we go. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. Shirts, 
hats. I guess you'll probably be able to purchase the DVD from the Atlanta show when that comes out through the Chasm store, I'll bet. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the DVD, it's going to be out before the holidays, so sometime in December most likely, so save up. If you have Chasm friends and you didn't go to the show, you'll be able to purchase this DVD. Let me tell you something. It is going to be kick-ass. Chasm wore a suit, so you ladies will love that. He had Jesse with him. He had... Uh, Doug Kennedy with him. It was a cool little stage, an intimate venue. The band sounded great. Everybody looked great. The quality of the DVD is superb. Uh, Grady and Dave are working very hard on the sound and the look, and I can tell you, I know for a fact, you will not be disappointed with this DVD. So it's a perfect holiday gift, Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever. Valentine's. Save up. Yeah. There you go. New Year's Eve. New Year's, mm-hmm. I don't care, birthdays, speaking of birthdays, happy birthday to EJ from Rungren's Hot Toddies, it's her birthday today, as a matter of fact, we'll be playing her Toddcast on Halloween night, 8.30 Eastern, we'll have about 15 minutes of chat, and then, or not like 12 minutes, and then we're going to play it in its entirety, 47 minutes, it's a lot of fun, if you haven't heard it yet, you can hear it here, and we'll open up the chat room, so if you're sitting around waiting on kids to come over, why not crank up a little Rungren radio and get in the chat room and have a little fun? Mm-hmm. How about that, Cruiser Mail? I think that's a keen idea. You're talking about uh, October 31st, 10 days from now. That would be Halloween, yes. Okay. When did I say? Did I say something different? I don't know. I wasn't listening to you. I probably did. You're in that chat room again, aren't you? Busted. I'm not talking. I'm just reading. Oh, God. Killing me. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the chat room, so I hope everybody's listening that's in the chat room. I got an email, I won't mention names, but they made me realize something that I think we need to be thinking about, and that is that a lot of you guys know each other, and it becomes obvious when you're looking at the chat room, so people who don't know you may feel uncomfortable coming in. So what I would recommend is that we don't spend so much time saying hello to each other and it being obvious that we all know each other, and uh, intimidate other people that may want to be uh, getting involved that are newer. So especially if somebody new comes in, let's make sure to give them a good welcome and bring them into the Todd community because the more we have, the better. Am I right? Sure. sure. Uh, you ain't listening. Well, everyone so, can still say hi, can't they? Well, why? I mean, you know, we all you can, I guess, but it just kind of, you know, clogs it up and then makes other people see that they may not know everybody. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, people should keep an eye out for it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And be sure to welcome new people. Exactly. How about that? Exactly. You know, I'm not trying to C-man the chat room or anything and police it. I'm just saying, you know, let's have good manners so people will come around and new people will come in. Okay. Is that cool? I like it. All right. So people are asking about the cam. Cruiser Mail will be back home. We're going to give you a little female male thing tonight, and then eventually we'll have a guest on. It was too new for Ellen, so we weren't able to pull it off. So that's the deal. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you are new and you're out there, say something in the chat room. Everybody will welcome you. I can promise you. Everybody is cool. So it's all good. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Y'all are killing me in the chat room. All right, so you made me lose my train of thought. All right, here we go. I want to play a quick commercial break, so we'll be right back. Hey everybody, Todd Rundgren's new album, Arena, is out. If you can't find it at your local record store, 
Click on Runglin Radio's little picture of Arena, and you'll be taken to Amazon.com where you can buy it, and it'll get to you in a couple of days. Be sure to check out Todd's tour happening now. Strike while the iron pop. Thanks for listening to RunglinRadio.com. TRConnection.com. It's all over the place for sale to get shipped in. Or, as we announced last week, it is available on iTunes. Finally, you can download it on iTunes. You can send a friend a song to get them started. I would encourage you to use Courage, maybe, and get them fired up. Of course, if they're heavy metal, they like ACDC, maybe send them Strike. But uh, we need to be pimping this thing. Uh, I'm under the understanding that it hasn't had a whole lot of iTunes downloads. That's probably because it's a little bit late. But spread the word that it's out there, and let's get it out. Let's get it out there. I know. I went and bought two more copies myself yesterday and put them in the mail to people today. Cool. I went to a couple stores and could not find it again, so I'm just going to have to cave and order it from Amazon, I guess. Well, order it through our website. I will do that, of course. Of course. You don't even have to type in Amazon. You just click on the little picture. There you go. I might get 10 cents. (laughs) (laughs) For a fraction of some of those free T-shirts that you've given out. Oh, yeah, goodness. I just ordered a bunch more, by the way, because I'm going to use them for this contest. And I got some other cool stuff for the winter. So when I go to New York, hopefully, please, 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 or Maryland, please, 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 that I will have some gear to keep me warm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do, I do. What is it going to be like a, a stocking cap that says "Run Green Radio"? <laughs> no, not a toboggan or anything. It's a fleece, fleece shirt, long sleeve T-shirt, um, you know, stuff uh-huh. like that. Excellent. And I got one just in case I run into Michelle. I hope she's not listening because it's a little surprise. But I ordered her a really bright, obnoxious pink one, fleece sweatshirt. It'll have Run Green uh-huh. Radio logo on it. That'll look good. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. She'll be the only one. So there you go. If you want one, just email me, radio at earthling.net. We'll work out a deal. They're very inexpensive. So it's all good. What else we got going on, Cruiser Mail? Anything? Golly gee whiz. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if we've got anything. Yeah? Todd's kind of on a little break right now. Yeah. And, and uh. Then he's going to head across the pond, and those lucky, lucky people over there are going to get to have him for a few weeks. So yeah. I'm excited for them. They, some of them uh, did get the pleasure of going to Hawaii and have seen a taste of arena, mm-hmm. but it's completely different now, so it's going to be awesome. Yep, yep. It's really a great show with addition to Chasm, of course. Matt Bolton's out doing his solo thing, and... I think he's going to be touring pretty soon, isn't he? That's what I hear. In fact, I think we may try to get him on the show here. Yeah? When he gets ready to come stateside and tour. Yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit about his uh, his time with Todd. Maybe he's got some good stories. You know he does. 
<laughs> I know he was out partying most of the time, so he'll at least have his own funny stories. Doug, don't be <laughs> I don't know if he'll share them or not. Um, <laughs> do you want to see Pixie's tail? <laughs> that wasn't her tail that I saw. <laughs> yes, it was. All right, so I do have some scoop. Todd's going to be in Europe. Start next month. That's <laughs> um, some old scoop in it. Yeah, yeah. You're All about right. you're about two minutes delayed or something. I don't know. Why? I don't know. I just was talking about him going to Europe two minutes ago. Oh, I know. I'm just trying to come up with something. You know, what are you uh-huh. gonna do? Uh-huh. And then, of course, he comes back to the United States. And I know a lot of the people in the chat room are going to some of these shows: New York and uh, Maryland, right? Um, yeah, and doesn't he go to, uh, Pitts, is it Pittsburgh that he's going to, or something? Oh, I can't remember. Hmm. I'm all confused. I got all my little tours all confused. All right, I got some cool news. Yeah. Pippi, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this one, do it anyway. Pippi runs into Hunt Sales and Pamela DeBarge. Uh, actually, I think she knows Pamela, but uh, got to meet Hunt. Did not mention she heard him on Runger Radio, so she will pay the price when I see her. I will unplug the lights in her head at the show or something like that. But Pamela wanted to interview, have Todd get interviewed for Rolling Stone Italy. And Pippi helped facilitate that, and today Todd Rungren interviewed with Rolling Stone Italy. Oh gosh, I wonder if that's going to be available online when it comes out, or how will we get a copy? We got to find that one because guess who did the interview? Pippi. Nope, close. Okay. Pamela. Oh, okay. And of course, if you have listened to the Runt review, you know who Pamela is. Well, lots she of people. She was with the GTOs girls. Was it GTOs girls? Girls together or something? Outrageously. Yeah. And was friends with Todd's friend, Christine. So, yeah, a little history there. So I'm sure it was a great interview, and I'm sure we definitely want to see it, and that'll be good for the promotion for Milan, Italy. And uh, I guess it's Lino, Lino. I know who you're talking about, Bill, in the chat room. He is going to the show. Matter of fact, he said I could stay at his house if I went over there because I told him how bad I'd really like to go, but that's not going to happen. But I'll tell you what. If there was one place that I would want to go out of all the places he's going, that would be it. Italy is fantastic. got to love it. Hmm. How about Never that? Been, I don't know. Speaking of, one thing we can update people on is our future shows because that comes into play. Okay. All right? You with me? I'm with you. So let me just go to that page so I can make sure I don't miss the dates and all that good stuff because I'm not good with memory. All right, so... Why do I say that particular one? It's not up yet, so I'm going to have to just tell you about it, and as soon as they let me put it on the calendar, I will. On November, that would be the 25th, perhaps, or 24th. It's 25th. Uh, yes, November 25th, we will have Randy the Rodeo. And if you don't know Randy, you need to go YouTube, Chasm Sultan, and go watch the videos where... They were doing all the um, disinfectant and whatnot. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll probably, that'll kind of be our Thanksgiving show. Yeah, and not only that, 
he's going to be on this tour. He's he's doing the uh, you know he's with Robert Ben staying in the United States for that leg, and Randy's going overseas with him. He's always with Meatloaf too, and he knows knows the turf. So he's going to tell us stories about touring with Todd. He's been doing it for years, and about how it went overseas. And we're hoping to find somebody to talk to us who's overseas to tell us a little bit of how it's going. But no luck so far. If you're interested in that, shoot me an email, rongrenradio at earthlink.net. And we'd love to have you on so you can tell us how it's going, you know, the crowd, what's going on, how you like the show, all that good stuff. So Yeah, maybe with the, you know, with the time difference and everything, they might want to, you know, do a pre-record with you or something like that. You know? Yeah, that would work. Yeah, absolutely. Which would be really nice. So let's look at some other future guests. Though we got Kenny Emerson on next Tuesday night. All the shows are Tuesday night, 8:30, with the exception of our special shows like this Halloween. We will have. EJ's replay from the TR Connection, the Toddcast, Trick or Treat. So it's going to be fun, so check it out. But that's at 8.30 as well, Eastern. So Kenny Emerson, if you don't know who he is, he does a lot of Hawaiian music, and he's also toured with Todd, Boss Gags, Jackson Brown, who I'm going to see Friday night, by the way. Uh, great blues musician, Charlie Musselwhite. Um, some of the Grateful Dead members, Pablo Cruz. Some of you all might remember those guys. So he's going to be on, and that is going to be a fun show because if you were at Todd Stock, he played there, and you will remember who I'm talking about. So Kenny Emerson. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's wonderful. And Cruiser Mail, you will be manning the ship for me a little while because I will be at a business engagement for a little while, and hopefully I can come join you. Happy to do so. Very nice. Oh, there goes my dog. She's been bad today. Okay, so then after that, we don't know who our guest is going to be on the 4th of November. We're hunting somebody down. Following that week, on the 11th, we're going to have, finally, Danny O'Connor and Rachel Culp. They will be on this time. Three times is a charm. Danny, of course, toured with Todd for a long time, not as a musician, but as merch, and did some uh, design for the shirts and did some design on some of the albums for Todd. He's a good friend of his. And Rachel, of course, is uh, has her own creative clothing business and has done work for Prairie, Todd, all kind of people. And she is the daughter of Robert Culp, the actor. So that'll be a fun show. Both of them will be on at the same time. They are married, different nice names, you know, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. That's how it is nowadays, right? So we, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then I'm really thrilled about our next guest, which is going to be on the 18th, and that is going to be Jill Sobu. That is tentatively scheduled, but we're hoping to have her for sure because she has said she wants to do it in about a month. And that is going to be a really cool show. Of course, if you don't know, Todd produced one of her albums. And Crazy Mo, by the way, we switched the um, the uh, video. With, yes, please. I'm going to try. I had to make a move. So, yeah, Jill Sobiel, how about that? So we got some great guests lined up, and those will be some fun shows. And Danny, of course, has promised some Todd, funny Todd stories. So how about that? Very good. I'm trying to switch the video, and I'm not happy. I may have to go down and help you out a little bit. I think you have to turn yours off, dude. All right. Well, how about playing a, a little clip for us or something? Want me to do that? Yeah. I don't have the switchboard up. <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, you just Wait, yes, have to I stop, man, because I'm going to mute myself. So uh, um, here you go. You're on your own. All right, people. Um, let me see if I can do this. Where would the switchboard be? There it is. Okay, I get to choose, huh? Dun, 
on it. It's not working. I'm sorry, people. This is not cool. Uh, what is this? That's not it. Hmm. Okay, I know this is really thrilling for you guys. I, I don't know how to get to this. You want to get up and dance, doesn't it? Well, you caught me dancing a little bit. Yep. <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't go on long enough. Oh, too bad. Too bad, folks. All right, so I've held back long enough. If you're still with us, how many people we got in that chat room? Let me take a look here, right quick. What and um, we'll see if people are still hanging out and want to know what's going on Oops, with Runner Radio, etc. I'm having. I had to take a move because the wife came home, and that makes my dog go crazy. I know y'all heard enough of that already. Oh, yeah, we know it was a quick bio break, uh-huh. Yep. Yep. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can tell. <laughs> no, 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 really, really. I had to make a move, go upstairs, you know, get on another computer so she can have the TV and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to actually get her to do a commercial for me. We're going to do that sometime. Should have gotten her on the camera. Yeah, she probably wouldn't want to do that, but maybe. Maybe one day. It's all good. All right, so here's the deal. I'm going to let out a little secret. What do you think, Cruiser Mel? As long as people promise not to tell. Okay, just a heads up, because it's not a done deal. It's not even close, but it's in the works. Cruiser Mel, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, Am I supposed to play dumb here or not? It's up to you. Depends on whether you know. Um, I think I know, but I'll act like I don't know. So do tell us all about <laughs> it. Uh. Oh, for Pete's sake. All right. We are, Rungren Radio, working on a New Year's Eve Todd gig in or around Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that would be December 31st. So, London Radio listeners will get first dibs because it's probably going to be a, a venue that would sell out in minutes. Talking about 300, you know, or so maybe. So, make your plans, save up. Don't make plans yet for New Year's Eve because we may have something going on. I'd say right now it's 50 50. Yeah. But Todd hadn't done that in a while, has he, Cruiser Mail? What, a New Year's gig? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a while. Yep. But I like the idea of, <clears throat> of that general area in the northeast. He'll already be up there and, and uh, you know, probably wanting to spend a little more time visiting his mom or something like that. So we may as well keep him around that area, you know, D.C., yes. Philly or something. 
Well, here's the deal. Philly is, of course, Todd Upper Darby. There's all the connections. He's got a lot of fans there, and it's a great environment for a Todd show. As a matter of fact, they, you know, he was there last year at the Fillmore or the Theater of Living Arts, whatever you want to call it, TLA, and there were almost 700 people there. So he, he's got a good following over there, and this will be mostly, I think, a lot of fans that are, that are the ones that listen to the show and go to the usual Todd places first, and then a few Philadelphia people that may get lucky enough to get tickets. So what we'll do probably, if it all comes into place, start the show late, so we're partying with Todd at midnight, can do a countdown, all that fun stuff. Oh, man. Oh, man. So would you go to that cruiser, Mel? Oh, yeah, that's, that, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm, no question. Yeah, because yeah. you're already going to be in Maryland, right? I'll be all over there. I'm going to be visiting friends in between Todd's shows up and down the the coast there. So, Got yeah, I'll be around. All right, so Maryland is, um, I want to say, less than two hours to Philly. Another place we're looking at is about 30 minutes outside of Philly, and it's only an hour and a half to hour and 45 minutes from Maryland. So somewhere in there, we're hoping. That's the deal. So you got, if you really want to go Todd crazy the last week of the year, you've got two shows in New York, and you can train on over to Maryland, right? Or somehow, how, do you, how are you going to go over there, Cruiser Mountain? Car it? Train it? What's the deal? I'm, I'm training it. uh Taking car back from New York to Philly to visit a friend, and then training from Philly through New York down to Baltimore, <laughs> and then another <laughs> friend picking me up in a car to take me to Annapolis. Well, how far is Baltimore from Annapolis? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's pretty close. Maybe maybe 30 minutes tops or something. I don't know. Yeah, probably so. So you could fly into Washington D.C. or fly into uh, Baltimore. I think Baltimore is probably the better. BWI is probably the better place. So then you would have a two gigs in New York if you want to go to the 26th and 27th. You would have Annapolis Ramshead if you were lucky enough to get tickets. That show is sold out, I believe. There may be a couple of seats left in the back. It's a very small venue, so it doesn't matter where the seats are. You should go. And then you can cruise on over to Philadelphia or wherever we're going to be. The other place was uh, Wilmington, Delaware, maybe a possibility, which is 30 minutes outside of Philly. But my goal is to have one in Philadelphia. Now, is it going to be similar to Vegas? Not really, most likely, because we're trying to do it in a bigger venue, you know, say 300 people instead of just 100. But no guarantees. It could be as small as 150. So if you want to go, you might want to get in touch with With 300 people, that's still pretty intimate. Oh, it's still a great situation, absolutely. But mm-hmm. you just have you reduce your cost for everybody if you have more people, and why not? You know, big party New Year's Eve. You kidding me? Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, now a lot of people have gotten to party with Todd on New Year's Eve, and some of us actually have the bootleg action of that. Uh, so, someone like me, I mean, it, it's it's really exciting that we might get a chance to do this. So everybody. Keep your fingers crossed and say your prayers or whatever it is that you do, and let's hope that we can find a venue. We're getting started on this a little on the late side, but I think I think we'll get lucky. We're getting close. We're getting close. I, I think there's a chance. But keep in mind, this is a maybe. We're just giving you a heads up so you don't make other plans. 
And then you have to break your family's heart when you tell them, I can't do it, I'm going to go see Todd instead. Go see them on Thanksgiving, people. <laughs> go done. see them on Thanksgiving. Oh, your family, I got you. Yeah. 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 That would be a good idea. Fry a turkey, whatever you do. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, get it over with, because New Year's Eve you need to dedicate to Todd Rundgren, hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If not, we'll have a pity party show that night here, and we'll just all cry and whine. <laughs> we'll play bootlegs, live shows from New Year's Eve or something. While we're all drinking champagne. Yep. Yep. I see Teresa's in the chat room. She needs to be at a show. We haven't seen her in forever. I almost forgot she existed. I so, agree. Teresa, we're counting on you to be there New Year's Eve, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need yeah. to speak for her. Yes, she'll be there, of course. Yeah, we'll make her go. <laughs> All right, so what else we got? Are we done? I think we might be done, but you Pe- could always, you know, play that whole song. We could do that. All right, very good. Don't forget to vote, though, on the Battle of the Tides immediately. Crazy Mel, yeah, why don't you yeah, type yeah. the link? Type the link on um, in the chat room would be good. All right, I'll do that right now. But yeah, everybody can get a side profile. All right, so here we go. We're gonna. Uh, Steve wants to know if the show will be public. Yes, it will be. But here's the deal. Uh, we'll we'll have we'll spread the word first to people on the radio show and you know in the normal places, Grok and all that stuff, and make sure that that the people that are really hardcore get first dibs, and then we'll open up to people in Philadelphia, and uh, they can have you know they can be in the back. <laughs> it will be in the front Anyway, we'll make it work 300 tickets, you know is, And that area will be gone in a day So we'll make sure everybody here has an opportunity first If they want to go Because i I got to think this is, is something you don't want to miss Are you kidding me? New Year's Eve, what else is there to do, really? You can go spend, you know, 100 bucks a head To go to some champagne party at a hotel bar or something And, you know, all that kind of cheesy stuff uh, No well, I'll tell you what, I mean, you just go see a local band in, in whatever city you're in, and you're going to pay, you know, $150 a couple, and that's to see a local band and, and you know, maybe get a champagne toast at midnight, which is, you know, lame. We're yeah. going to do way better than that. We are definitely going to do better than that. Uh, we're going to have some fun. So, and there'll be some other things, you know, we'll always add a twist to it and make it different. Not that it's not already, because it's New Year's Eve and the show will be later, but it's going to be fun. Hopefully, we got to pull it off, though, so I'm sorry if I'm getting you excited and it doesn't pan out, but I didn't want to wait a week and you make plans and then be SOL on going to this thing. Right. So there you have it. Right. But uh, Lois is in the chat room. We'll know if Ellen Foley was on. She was, but she was only able to stay about 30 minutes or so. She was had some big plans tonight. So mm. there you go. Well, I am I am currently updating the blog, so people give me a few minutes before you go there. Uh, so I can get it all set up and then come and vote. There you go. Okay. All right. So do you really want to play the entire song and give people that long to for us to disappear? Well, I can take my video camera off if they're sick of looking at me. That's no problem. Well, no, I didn't say that now. All right, so... Uh, 
it doesn't matter, but I think people might want to hear the whole song unless you just want to sign off now. No, I don't want to do that. I don't mind playing the whole song, but I'll tell you what I do want to do. Because mm-hmm. we haven't done this yet, and I've talked about doing it for a while, and we've kind of run out of stuff. We've run our course, but we have so much time left. I know people want to keep chatting. So I'm going to play an interview with Todd um, that this country boy did. It's not me. <laughs> don't be confused. But this was the uh, on that Blue Man website. Um, I don't remember it, but anyway. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you haven't heard it, you're going to get a chance. This is about Arena. We'll play that, and then we'll be back, and we'll have a game plan for you. And here it is. This is Todd Rundgren on Bounce. That's it. It was Bounce.net. All right, here we go. He's on the phone. Everybody, I give you the one, the only, Mr. Todd Rundgren. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting a little relaxation time. Well, there you go. You're getting ready to hit the road, I know, and that's you, you need to relax, man. You need to chill out a little bit, you know, get your downtime. You can. <laughs> so, uh, first and foremost, aloha. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yes, oh, you're I am welcome. here on the lovely island of Kauai at oh, the moment. Has to be gorgeous down there. Now, is uh, it's it, so it, nice. Oh. It's, uh, it's actually pretty warm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, the doldrums, the, the summer doldrums about this time of year, the the, uh, the trade winds haven't kicked up again yet. Cool oh. everything off. Now, how long have you been living in Hawaii? Is it, is it, is it has this been for a while or just? Yeah, about 13 years. That's cool. That's cool. I moved in 1995. That's cool. So first and foremost, let's just dive into this. You got a new album coming out, man. Arena. Now. Yeah, we're just about ooh, two and a half weeks away, something like that. It's got to be exciting for you because, I mean, this is, I mean, you know, it's a retrospect for you in many ways, going back to, to some of the roots and the, some of the creativity that you you love doing. And uh, what are some of the inspirations that that were piled into the new album? Well, I knew it was going to be a guitar-oriented record, mm-hmm. um, as a result of the kind of audience response I've been getting lately from this stripped-down guitar quartet that I've been taking out the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, it all came about a li- sort of by accident because I was um, supposed to be touring with the new cars, and about three weeks into our first tour, Elliot Easton, our um, lead guitar player, had an accident in the bus and broke his collarbone. So oh. our tour came to an abrupt halt. Okay. At that point, and I was, you know, looking at the second half of a year with n- no touring plans or anything. So hurriedly put something together. Mm-hmm. That was um, essentially Jesse Grass, the guitar player who I've been working with for um, the past decade and a half, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, the Tony Levin group, or the Tony Levin rhythm section, which was Tony Levin and Jerry Murata, um, who, of course, are famous for their work with Peter Gabriel and others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we toured across Canada for about um, 10 days or so and got a really great response, especially after having not been there for such a long time. Yeah. And uh, continued to do that uh throughout the continental United States and the response 
was uh, equally enthusiastic. So I think that I had discovered some kind of thing in the audience where they had always remembered me as being a guitar player front man from the Utopia days. Yeah. And it had been a long time since I, you know, really kind of assumed that role. Yeah. And they sort of liked it, maybe because it took them all back to the 70s when we were all much younger and uh, and uh, and more lively. Um, so I knew that the record would be essentially guitar, very guitar-oriented, guitar-centric record. Yeah, you kind of tapped yeah. into a well there of of the old old fan base, I guess. Draw, drew a little inspiration out of that. Well, I, I think it's partly that, but I don't know that it's limited necessarily to mm -hmm. people who have uh, been to a utopia show in the 70s. Right. Uh, it's just the kind of music, and particularly the music that I've written for the record, uh -huh. has this um, kind of, they called it hookiness. You know, it's very, it, it's fairly simple and has sing-along choruses and big blocky chord formations and um, somewhat simpler than uh, a lot of music that you know came after in the 80s and 90s and, yeah. and the new millennium where everybody plays guitar much faster. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do see what you mean by the hookiness. I mean there's there's a lot of memorable hooks. I mean even in uh, Mountaintop the song we just heard before we come on live with you. It I mean it's just there's some really cool hooks in that like the background chorus higher higher Higher, higher. I like yeah, it's that. Just, yeah, just two syllables. All you got, it's <laughs> only two, two syllables. syllables to remember. <laughs> but you know the effectiveness of that. It works, and it's really yeah. Good. Well, that's that's the whole idea is that the uh, there is a kind of music that works in uh, in one of these places where there's a lot of people and um, and they're full of you know sort of like an, an undirected energy, and you yeah. got a great music that channels that energy someplace into yeah. chants and fist pumping and that sort of stuff, you know, <laughs> the occasional... Hence, hence the title the Arena, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, and occasionally waving the lighter around and swaying. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So now some of the songs um, pretty much, I guess, they all have that same type of vibe, uh, uh, more of the uh, arena rock chant type stuff is is that right or or does it take on well there there are quite a few songs like that but okay. there are also some songs that probably are, are not exactly right on the formula but because yeah. the record is about uh the kinds of things you can do with a guitar right i uh i threw in a couple of other numbers that don't necessarily follow the arena rock prescription yeah um but in that context, you know, it's, if you were doing a show, you uh, make the linchpins of the show all of your, you know, your string of hits, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah you absolutely. Then you occasionally throw in, a, you know, an obscure number or two, you know, and, yeah. or the power ballad, you know. Yeah. I'd like to bring the room down now. We're going to... <laughs> we're, we're toning it down a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, we're going to... This one's for the ladies. This is for the ladies. I like it, but... Uh... That's pretty cool, and uh, so the album is is set to to come out in two thousand uh, uh, September the thirtieth two thousand and eight. It's just we're just a couple of weeks away from it actually, and uh, this is your first album since two thousand four two thousand five. 
Yeah, Liars was the last record I put out, which yeah. I think was 2004. Yeah. And um, and that was uh, something of a, uh, a a new high water mark for me, mm-hmm. at least in terms of um, recent recognition. Yeah. <laughs> so it got... <laughs> It was it was well reviewed and it and it energized the fans and um, yeah while it didn't sell a million copies uh, it was it was a good kind of it uh, did make jolt. its mark in your repertoire yeah and it was a jolt in the arm I think for everybody yeah know? and it also kind of determined that the records that I make after that. While they don't have to be the same sort of formula as Liars was, yeah. the idea is that I seem to have an aptitude for, and my fans have a appreciation for the so-called concept album. Yeah, where the re- there's like a subject, a topic, or something that the that the songs on the record are mostly about. So yeah. So Liars was like that, and um, and Arena is also like that, although it's about a different um, set of topics. Right. When you were performing back in the days, uh, back in Philadelphia, you know, during your, you know, your coming up in the music industry and, and figuring things out and learning music and developing your own style and your own rhythm, did you ever really, you know, what was your dream at that point? Did you... Was you really happy? I mean, obviously you wanted to break out and you wanted to do a whole lot more uh, things with your music, but did you ever really have an anticipation that you would you would achieve this level at that time? Well, when I when I got out of high school, my only hope was to get into a band of some kind. Right. Because otherwise, I'd have to figure out how to go to school or just go right into the workforce, which was more likely. Yeah. And. Um, Got fairly lucky and got into a band of, you know, actual working musicians, musicians who got paid to play. Mm-hmm. And um, and at the time, you know, that was, I thought that was kind of, that's half the dream, having the gig. Mm-hmm. The other half the dream is becoming the kind of player you want to be or playing the kind of music that you want to play. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my horizons were fairly... Um, you know, they weren't so far away. I wanted just wanted to be the world's best guitar player. <laughs> so yeah. Think of me as the world's best guitar player, regardless of how good I was. And so I was pretty much single-minded about that and never thought about, for instance, songwriting or singing or record production or any of that stuff that came afterwards. Right. But once I got into the actual business of music, once the first, once I got a record contract with my first band, Naz. This is Naz, right? Yeah, with Naz, yeah. and um, and we started dealing with you know the actual business part of it. Yeah, I came came to realize there were a lot of, of other things to be done. Uh, the, all of the uh, techniques and and philosophies that go into producing records. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I guess I was very unsure what a record producer was until we had one in the studio, <laughs> and then we discovered that all he did was read the trades while yeah. we played and make sure that the sessions didn't run over. Yeah, so <laughs> it was like really old school. Yeah, and uh, 
And so I got, you know, once I got into the studio, I get interested in all those aspects of the recording process. And one, and one thing I like about your recording processes is that you've kind of broken down a lot of barriers that are, quote-unquote, you know, in the general format of the music industry. You've kind of developed your own rhythm and your own style. You've kind of broken away you know, from from the norm, and that's that. I think that's why a lot of people are so attracted to your music and to to your songwriting. Well, you hear that. you hear things a certain way, and it's always I've discovered it's always a product of your influences. There you go. And be you know, which can be highly diverse, but if you are influenced by good music, then you have a better shot at making good music. <laughs> and if you're exactly. In, Influenced by bad music, well, then you know that's the kind of music that you wind up making. Well, so, who influenced you? Who influences you, Todd? Who did I? What? Pardon me. I said, who influences you? Oh, oh, who influenced my influences? They're just incredibly varied. You know, uh -huh. I go back to when I was really young, and you know, my father would only play certain kinds of music in the house. It was all contemporary, classical stuff from like Ravel and Debussy on to Bernstein and and Richard Rodgers and some more contemporary stuff but nothing like rock and roll was yeah. ever played on his on his hi-fi and so I had to discover that kind of outside of the home in a sense. <laughs> um, uh, but that left me open to a lot of other influences that I guess other musicians might not have been exposed to, yeah, and and those are things that still influence what I do today. Oh, the, that's awesome. The, the classical music that my dad used to listen to, yeah. But of course, when I started buying my own records, I would buy anything. I would buy jazz records. I would buy uh, electronic music. Uh, this was back in the '60s and stuff. So yeah. I can't really narrow it down to a single influence anymore. Well, that's actually a good point, thing. That's actually good because. You're multi. Well, the more you have, the less likely you are to get caught stealing from your influences. <laughs> you, know, you need to have a whole lot of them so you mix it up, you know, yeah. and, and nobody can really recognize any of the originals. Yeah. People but, that you stole from. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's pretty cool though that you you consider yourself a multi-genre, multi, multi-faceted, uh, influenced kind of guy. That's that says a lot about about you and and. Pretty much well, your, your also the era, that, the era that I grew up in was the Beatles, and the Beatles, you know, could have just been like Elvis Presley and yeah. um, Colonel Parker said, but they had this whole experimental streak and would incorporate all different other kinds of music into what they were doing. Yeah, they would create genres and then discard them, and other bands would make build a career on top of them. You know, yes. like they would invent something like classical rock, where you use strings and things like that, playing Baroque uh, uh, kinds of um, yeah. arrangements. And then a band like the Moody Blues will come along and just just mine that one genre. Exactly. Yeah, go we, on to something else. we got a lot of Moody Blues fans here at BounceRadio.net, so they're they're loving that. But, um, so anyway, there's, you know, the... That was the era that I grew up in, and I came to believe that that's what musicians did naturally, that they naturally kind of got bored with the music that they were playing, would incorporate new influences and experiment all the time. And a lot of artists have, you know, continued to be like that. You yeah. know, the people have broken up, but 
you could say somebody like Bob Dylan has been through I don't know how many transitions. Wow, you know? yeah. And sometimes coming back to an old one and then wandering away again in some <laughs> other personality. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the whole you know idea of, of mutating and evolving as an artist I don't think is necessarily unnatural. It's just commercial art. It yeah. tends, tends to want you to lean the other way to be able to make something dependable and identifiable yeah. and easily marketable. But to truly be your own self, you have to kind of morph. You have to you have to go through phases in in your career and in your life, and well, ideally, uh, um, your career is a reflection of your evolution as a person. Yeah, you know, I, my career has has been somewhat that. The things that I write about or the things that I sing about uh, have evolved into different things, and um, I don't write those kinds of um, straight ahead love ballads <laughs> anymore. <laughs> That's, yeah. Just because I don't, you know, it's not where I'm at. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm too. I've gotten a little bit uh, too old for that. Too, too old to be writing teenage love ballads. Well, you've you've established yourself. You know, you you've made. Well, I've done enough of them anyway. You yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> but I can just exploit. Hello, it's me for the rest of my we career. A, we got an interesting song here that that uh, it's probably one of your most noted songs. Uh, and you probably know what getting ready what a no what I'm going to say is is uh, bang the drum all day. Now, we're going to play this, and we're going to go and take a little bit of a break, and we're going to come back and do the last uh, few minutes with you. But what was – now, when you when you wrote this song, Bang the Drum All Day, mm-hmm. what was your what was your inspiration? I mean, what, what, what was it? it there was um, no inspiration to it. <laughs> I was in the middle of doing a bunch of uh, – I was in the middle of making a record. Uh-huh. I had no such song um, ready to record. But what happens sometimes is when you're involved in a musical project and you're making music all day long and you're thinking music, then sometimes spontaneous new musical ideas will start to happen. Uh-huh. And in this particular case, Bang the Drum was a song that I dreamed during the course of making this record. Oh, that's awesome. kind of like <laughs> the very next day. I have this discipline that if I dream a song, I can make myself remember it. And the next day I got up and went into the studio and recorded it. When I dreamed it, it, it was mostly just the chorus. I didn't know what the song was about. Yeah. I had to figure out the verses myself. Yeah. But that didn't take too long. It wasn't a particularly uh, complicated idea. And, and uh, yeah, I, I dreamed it. It was just a gift. That's, that's, that's beyond, that's, that's amazing. I have yeah, hardly any effort involved. There's nothing else I need to add to that right there. That's just no that, problem. It, it is what it is, man. So this is uh this is Todd and this is Bang the Drum All Day. We'll be right back here in a few minutes. More with Todd coming up right here on Switchback. And we are back here and we've been talking about uh <laughs> of all things the internet and the power of the internet. It's uh it's a beast within itself. Feel the power. Feel, feel the power of the web, as we say. Surrender to the power. <laughs> the power of the internets. Are you on the internets? Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. Well, I do um, depend on the internets. Uh, I've been actually internetsing for, <laughs> I guess, as long as there has been such a thing. I was one of the first people here on Kauai to, to get a DSL line, to get high speed. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was... Um, now, if you lived in Kentucky, you know what you'd be called? A high-tech redneck. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a, you know, we got a kind of a redneck thing going on out here in Kauai. You know, we're pretty country here. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But uh, now this second segment, we're going to um, talk a little bit about uh, your your upcoming tour. You you have what is it? Two or three tours lined up through the majority of the rest of the year. Yeah, I've got a couple three weeks uh, starting October first. Okay. Um, a couple of West Coast dates, and then we head uh, to the Midwest, uh, Chicago and Madison, Wisconsin, and I believe we go to the East Coast as well. Okay. We take a little break, and then we go to Europe for about three weeks. Okay. In November, then we come back, take a little tiny bit, another break, and then we go out in December until New Year's. Wow. Yeah. Uh, then I imagine we'll take a little rest. Yeah, after the holidays, you're going to need it. So. Yeah, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, one of the scariest things about touring nowadays is, you know, are you going to get to the gig? Can so, you actually make it from point A to point B? Well, yeah, yeah but, the, you know, sometimes you know, there's a lot more flying involved than there used to be because the cost of um, fuel makes buses really expensive. Yeah. And also, um, as the economy gets a little bit more recessed, I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's an understatement right there, man. Yeah, the gigs wind up further and further apart. You can only play the more major markets. You know, the minor markets, they don't sell enough tickets for yeah. people to go to. So everything's further apart. You wind up flying, you know, with the condition that the airline industry is on. You never know if your plane's going to take off. <laughs> You know, that's you know, that's a total topic within itself when you get to thinking about it, the effect of the economy on the artists and their music. Yeah, well, it may not have a direct effect on the music necessarily, but it does have an effect yeah. on your ability to deliver it to there people. There you go, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, the whole thing has, you know, things have changed quite a bit. Um, in fact, I, I think when we go to Europe, we have a bus, and the only reason why is because fuel hasn't gone up at the same rate there as it's gone up here. Yeah. So it still makes some economic sense there, but here it's just it's so difficult to get that transportation thing organized right. when the when fuel costs are up, you know, and cost for everything is up. Yeah, well, that's you're living. Uh, yeah, well, this is welcome to 2008. What else can you say? We're like gypsies, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We're just the gypsies. We camp outside of town for a little while, and then we move on. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you. But um, so you got your tour coming up and everything, and you got your new album coming out. Is there anything else in 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 the works for you? I mean, is there anything coming up that we don't know about? That's not that we don't know about on our radar. Well, you know, we've been kind of building up a real head of steam over the record, which was actually finished in June and was supposed to come out sometime in July. Right. But um, a, a fortunate thing, fortunate, you know being a double-sided coin, of course. Um, we met, we got a uh, worldwide distribution deal, but what that also meant was that they had to delay the release of the album so that all of the other territories would be ready to release it, everything at the same time worldwide. Uh, okay, that makes sense. And um, that's because the imports actually, the dollar is so weak against other currency that imports of American albums and 
foreign territories are cheaper than buying the records there from oh, domestic distributors. <laughs> so oh they don't God. want you releasing it in the U.S. before it's you know gets yeah. released. That's the screwed up, man. That's messed up. The economy, how it is. Yeah, well, it's uh, you know that's just another kind of a side <laughs> effect of the fact yeah. that you know if the dollar was strong, it wouldn't make any difference. The records would be just as expensive there. Yeah. As uh, as they seem to be here. <laughs> now let's tap into another medium here. Now not only are you do you dabble in music and creating sounds and all this wonderful stuff, but you also are, uh, I guess in layman's terms, a technology geek. You love all sorts of technology and video, and you like to do all kinds of stuff. You made your own website, and you do all this stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and some of the things you got going on there. Well, I. Um I have this thing where I'm not necessarily a um, a technophile, somebody who loves all technology. <laughs> I'm luddite about some things. I don't own a cell phone. I think the automobile was one of the biggest mistakes humanity ever made. Yeah. But um, they should have just made smaller and smaller trains. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to the bicycle, man? That's that exercise. Out from behind the wheel. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but um, in uh, in any case, you know, we're kind of stuck with those things. you got to learn how to live with it. But I don't jump necessarily on every technology that comes along. Right. But there are some that have an appeal for me. And overall, I don't have a fear of technology. Right. I think for a lot of people, when they see something new, they think, oh, my God, I've got to go to the learning manual and that to the manual and learn all of this new stuff, you know, how to work this thing. Right. And um, I just don't, you know, I don't have that kind of aversion. I figure, you know, that it may take me a little while to figure it out, but I have confidence that I'll learn how to how to work it, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And um, and I guess, you know, it doesn't have to do with so much with technology as, as how willing and able you are to learn new things. Yeah. And, so the stuff that I've always incorporated has to have some place in what I'm doing in the Internet, obviously, being a maturing artist and needing other ways to communicate with my audience because <laughs> yeah. you can't depend on labels as much anymore. The Internet is, uh, Internet is just like a no-brainer. Yeah. <clears throat> and everybody can figure that part out. Well, that's exactly how we got connected here. I didn't think any, everyone would realize that it would become such, that it would, that it would become so clogged up but that, yeah, that is pretty cool though. You taught yourself how to use Flash and HTML and all this stuff. I mean, that... yeah, for the most part. And it's, the ironic thing is that when I was in high school, I didn't want to learn any of that stuff. Right. You know? Right. I didn't want to learn any of the history and you know English and junk like that. Yeah. Biology, all of the problems of democracy. Uh-huh. I used to go and hang out at the Bell Telephone Billing Office afterwards. <laughs> Because they had computers, and I was just fascinated with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thought that would be a cool job to have, you know, to learn how to program a computer, which in those days involved like squatting behind the machine and moving wires around. <laughs> that That's crazy. Programming in those days, and uh, and fortunately, I got into a band. I didn't have to get a real job. Yeah. So, but when the personal computer came out, because I was a musician, I had all. I had control over my time. I could invest a year in learning how to program a computer. That's cool, man. 
Yeah, that just that just goes to show you if you apply yourself, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to do it once you get out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that. That's a good comment. But uh, before we let you go, my friend, is there anything else that you would like to say? I know that a lot of your fans are going to be listening to this. They're listening. Some of them are listening to it live. Some of them will be listening to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, so it would be a good chance for you to maybe give a shout-out. Well, out. you know, I think, you know, everybody knows what we're anticipating. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been expecting this record to come out yeah. since June. Yeah. And so we're all just getting, you know, we're all just getting more and more excited about it. You That's know, good. What's going to happen and how the response is going to be from the world at large. So everybody keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> and go out and buy Todd's yeah. CD. We're not, we're in the home stretch now, everybody. Yeah. Keep your fingers crossed. So we got uh, less a little under two weeks left, and uh, it comes out September the thirtieth. I'd like to perform a song now for the first time ever anywhere in the civilized world. This will appear on the next Utopia album. Maybe it's just a waste of time. Who's my 
this guitar having no 
idea what the hell I was going to play next. That means I have to find something.
everybody, this is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. You are the creme de la creme, my friend. Thank you so much for your support. We love you,
Well, I'm a sleep on 